broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. On her long motion towards the center, now back towards the right. Raiders come with four. Here comes the fifth rusher. And he's sacked! And the Raiders defense holds on fourth down. And I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. TDLB! Raiders in the end zone! Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. I'm live at the home studio again. My man Damon Cotton is back at the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio like he does on the daily. We definitely appreciate his efforts and excited about the show today. The Raiders are back on the practice fields today, and it's been one of those days, Raider Nation. I'll tell you right off top, it's been one of those where scheduling this, you get a text message about this scheduling is going to happen and this press conference is going to happen, then all of a sudden it doesn't. So there's just kind of keeping your head on a swivel, and that's what we do. You know, we're able to adjust. So one minute I was at the radio station, the next minute I was at the Intermountain Healthcare performance center the next minute i'm back at the house so that's just kind of how we do and you know it's, it's the football season you know the grind is real you know it stays busy and this is what we sign up for and this is what we love so we're going to bring it to you for the next three hours here on unnecessary roughness radio nation radio 920 got some really good guests i'm excited about coming up on today's show at 2 30 the voice of the silver and black jason horowitz he'll join the show and he's joined the show many times already but he'll join the show to talk about kind of summarizing the preseason talk about some of the roster moves that have happened talk about darren waller returning to practice yeah, Darren Waller returned to practice. So we'll talk all things Raiders with Jason Horowitz coming up at 2.30 as I think that he's really starting to, um, you know, associate himself a lot with the, with the Raider Nation and really starting to embrace what it means to be a Raider. And, you know, there's, there's been a lot of new this offseason, right? The whole front office is new. The whole coaching staff is new. The play-by-play voice is new. I mean, there's, there's a lot of new that's surrounding the Raiders, and I really feel like everything has gotten off to a great success. And uh, Jason Horowitz is part of that. He's been doing a fantastic job. You hear his uh, highlights that he has, and you'll hear them on the station all the time, whether it's uh, the morning tailgate, JT the Brick, or ourselves. We'll be playing his highlights, and I think he does a fantastic job, and he's only going to continue to get better and better and better uh, as his time with Lincoln grows. And so excited about that. Of course, we have Lincoln Kennedy, his play-by-play partner, every Tuesday and Thursday here at 4 o'clock on Raider Nation Radio 920 Unnecessary Roughness. So Jason Horowitz joins the show coming up at 2.30. I still have plenty of Raider alumni conversations to, to get out, right, and to, to make sure that we play here on the radio station because we're not going to let them go to waste. <laughs> That's for sure. There's no way that we're going to go uh, to Allegiant Stadium, hanging out at the Wind Club, and talk to all the great Raider alumni, and then you not hear them. So we're definitely going to get those out, and I know that we've had a very busy couple of days so far to start the week, but no worries. we got plenty to get to. Uh, this today, tomorrow, and on Friday as well as we close things out. Tim Brown, 245. You should hear that conversation just around 245, maybe 3 o'clock. One of those, around that area, you'll hear from Tim Brown as we got a chance to catch up with him on Friday at Allegiant Stadium. Paloma Villacana was supposed to join us at 3 o'clock to talk all things Aces as they're in action again this evening. Playoff game number two as they find themselves in an 0-1 hole, which is something strange for the Aces, right? 
They're the team that's expected to make a deep run in the playoffs, if not go win the whole thing. But right now they find themselves in an 0-1 hole to the Seattle Storm. She was going to join us at 3 o'clock, but a couple things on her end changed as well. So she was either going to have to do 3.30 or we were just going to have to push her to another day. And unfortunately, we already have a guest lined up at 3.30, so we won't be able to join Paloma Villacana at 3 o'clock. And that's unfortunate because I did want to get the – I wanted to get the view of the Aces – knowing that they're down, right? I mean, because they haven't been down in a series. You know, they, they took care of their first-round opponent pretty easily, uh, swept them, and then kind of cruised into the, into the second round and figured, okay, they're going to get off to a really hot start, especially playing at home, having the advantage of the home crowd, and it just wasn't to be. You know, they just looked like they were a little rusty, and so they lost their first game and looking to even things up this evening before they head off to Seattle for a couple of games. So uh, we'll catch up with, the, with Paloma at some point, but game two is this evening. Of course, we pay a lot of attention to the Aces, and anyone who ever wonders, well, why do you pay so much attention to the Aces? Well, Raider owner Mark Davis owns them. So if you ever notice, Mark Davis is at every single game. He's locked in. He's courtside. Darren Waller's courtside. A lot of the Raiders go there. Plus, it's one of the hottest tickets in town here in Las Vegas. So uh, that's why we keep big uh, tabs on what's going on with the Aces. Of course, wanted to talk a little UNLV as well, but we got all season to talk UNLV. So instead of uh, Paloma at three, maybe we'll – here from DJ Turner, we like I said, we might play Tim Brown at that time. Maybe DJ Turner. Uh, we got to catch catch up with Joshua Daniels this morning around 11 o'clock. That was the reason why I had to make a beeline from the radio station to the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. And so you'll hear a few sound bites from him. But following practice, there's supposed to be players that are talking. Bilal Nichols is one of them. John Simpson is the other. And then DJ Turner. And, Damon, I got to say this off top. And and you'll, you're you going to get a good laugh out of this. I was really... You know, uh, yesterday was a hell of a day, right? It was one of those days where there's so much going on that you just kind of, your mind sometimes tends to just just melt down a little bit. So I was having a mind meltdown last night. So I recorded my podcast, and I'm giving DJ Turner props for making the squad, right? And I kept calling him DJ Butler. For some reason, I kept calling him DJ Butler. I kept morphing Darian Butler and DJ Turner's names together and was calling him DJ Butler. So I don't know who the hell DJ Butler is, but I do know who DJ Turner is. So, uh, again, man, sometimes when you're running and going and doing this, that, and the other, and you got your mind on about 5,000 different things, it just happens. So, uh, yeah, DJ Turner, let's give him props. Uh, he's speaking with the media as well this afternoon following practice. So uh, depending on the time of everything, we may go ahead and play him at 3 o'clock since we didn't get Paloma, but yeah, he's DJ Turner for sure, Damon. When did Turner, you catch yourself making the mistake? You know what's funny? I woke up this morning and realized it. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, And that probably tells you half the problem, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? When you wake up in the morning, I was like, and it's funny, when I, was, when I was saying his name, I was like, man, something just doesn't sound right. You know how something just doesn't sound right or feel right, mm-hmm. and you know there's something wrong there, but you can't put your finger on it? I knew there, there was something. And so when I went to bed, and I actually went to bed at a pretty early time last night for me, right? It wasn't as late as it normally is. I woke up, and I was like, I think I called that dude DJ Butler, like all day, like the whole show, I think I called him DJ Butler. So uh, then I checked Twitter, and of course, uh, uh, the our friendly folks on Twitter definitely let me know that I called him uh, DJ Butler, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah." It was just, it was a mind meltdown, <laughs> man. It was a mind meltdown. I have no problem uh, admitting when I when I make a mistake, and that was uh, that was a pretty massive one. So definitely want to show that love to uh, to DJ Turner and not DJ Butler. Somewhere there's a DJ Butler like, hey, man, I'm getting props. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm getting a ton of props, man. Somebody hits him up, man. I didn't know you made the team. What team? Right. He don't even play football. <laughs> He's the homeboy on the block. Hey, man, you seen DJ? DJ who? DJ Butler. Yeah, man, he on the block over there. 
He he walking out the liquor store right now. That's the homeboy. <laughs> so I gave that dude props for some reason. I don't know why. Anyway, coming up at three thirty, I'm excited about this guest, Tommy Rezach. And uh, you're probably saying, who's t- Tommy Rezach? He's actually the radio voice of Missouri Western, the the Griffins. They are a D two school. They are also the alma mater of one Sam Webb who made the roster. Now, think about this. And my son goes to D2 college. He goes to Western Oregon right now. Think about that, Damon. This guy, Sam Webb, goes from D2 college prospect, goes to the combine, does his whole, you know, the draft process, doesn't get drafted, gets selected by the Raiders as an undrafted free agent, works his tail off throughout OTAs, mandatory minicamp, training camp, preseason, finds his way onto the 53-man roster and is part responsible why a former second-round pick was traded to the Arizona Cardinals. Think about that. Now, his work's not done just because he made the team. He's got to stick to the team. But, man, you want to talk about something that's, that's a, that's a big-time big right there, like accolades, and, and you know you got to give him props for just achieving that much. Now, again, he's got to stick. But, man, it just shows, and Joshua Daniels mentioned it today, it doesn't matter how you got here, it's what you do once you get here. And Sam Webb is proof of that. So we'll talk to Tommy Rezach at uh, 3.30, and we'll talk all things Sam Webb and just where he saw him from when he arrived there at Missouri Western to now being with the Silver and Black. But, man, D2 to the NFL, DeMond, that's not too bad, man. Not too bad. Yeah, and like you said, it's not the end of his story just yet. But, man, that's to give yourself a pat on the back and just take a moment and just smell the roses about making it this far already coming from a D2 school. Right, exactly. Look, that's those are the kind of stories I'm looking for, not because it has anything to do with me, but I send a story like that. I I, I take that and I email it to my son and say, look, all you got to do is work hard. You work hard, they'll find you. You know, and a lot, of, a lot of guys, they get to a certain level in school and they think, oh, man, I can't do anything more or this is the best I'm ever going to do. It's not necessarily true. You know what I mean? Like, it, you can achieve whatever you want to achieve in life if you put in the work. And I know that someone's going to say, well, Q, I can't dunk the ball. I'll never be able to dunk the ball. Or I can't, you know, kick a 50-yard field goal no matter how hard I try. No, but if you put your, your heart into it and you work your tail off at something, you can achieve it, right? I mean, there's certain things that we just can't physically do. Right, I can't block Max Crosby, but I can I can go out and, and, and know my role and go out there and work my tail off and, and whatever I'm trying to achieve, I absolutely could. And so Sam Webb, man, what a what a good storyline. He was uh, talked about a couple times earlier this morning when uh, head coach Josh McDaniels met with us around 11 o'clock at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. So excited to talk to Tommy Rezach coming up at 3.30, all things Sam Webb. And then at 4 o'clock, we'll get a roundup, get a little update from uh, Vinny Bonsignor, our tag team partner from the Morning Tailgate and also the Las Vegas Review Journal. Uh, hung out with him for a little while. You know, now that it's regular season practice mode, Damon, now what we're used to is we're used to having that little period where we could take pictures and videos and tweet them out while we're at practice, and then they blow the horn, and it's over, but you can stand there and still watch the rest of practice. All of a sudden, when Will Kiss said, all right, that's going to do it, we realized, like, oh, wow, we're not in training camp anymore. It's not training camp anymore. That's actually it. That, that 10 or 15 minutes that we had to take pictures and video, that's it. Once that's done, once that little window's closed, it's back to the media room for us. So uh, I had to make a decision, a business decision then, to decide if I'm going to stay there and wait for the players. And good thing I didn't because the players still apparently haven't talked to the media. And as you know, it's 10 minutes into the show. <laughs> so I was trying to decide what was going to make sense. If no, was- no, no. There's been movement at the podium. Oh, there is? All right. Who's talking right now? Uh, John Simpson just finished up. 
Oh, okay, okay. Well, there you go. Well, John Simpson just wrapped up. Uh, Bilal Nichols should be talking in, in a matter of minutes, I'm assuming. And then uh, DJ Turner as well is supposed to meet as well. So there you go. Uh, obviously, it wouldn't have worked. Uh, I was thinking about maybe doing the show from the back room there in the media center, but clearly I couldn't be talking and doing a show while John Simpson was at the podium. That wouldn't have made a whole lot of sense, and that probably would have made a lot of people angry, especially as loud as I am. So that's not gonna that's not gonna cut it. But that's the uh, that's the lineup that we have for you this afternoon. Uh, as I mentioned, we have Raider alumni to get to Tim Brown around two forty five or three o'clock. We'll have Raymond Chester at three forty five, and we'll have Mike Haynes at four fifteen. So not to mention the live guests that we have. You'll also hear from those Raider alumni members as well. So a loaded show as we have each and every day here on Unnecessary Roughness Raider Nation Radio 920. Let's go ahead and jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 is brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. So a couple things here in the opening drive. Earlier this morning, we found out Adam Schefter tweeted out first, and then I know Vinny Bonsignor, he went out and uh, confirmed that Darren Waller is now being represented by Drew Rosenhaus. Uh, Drew Rosenhaus has been around the game for a very long time. He's represented many people, and I know a lot of folks rolled their eyes when they saw Drew Rosenhaus because all they could think of was A.B. Well, don't worry. Darren Waller is not A.B. Darren Waller was back at practice today, but I thought that that was uh, not coincidental, obviously, but it was just one of those things. We knew that he had got rid of Clutch Sports last week. He had to wait that five-day period before he was able to hire some new representation. Drew Rosenhaus and company had been rumored the whole time, and boom, it sure enough comes to fact today. And so Drew Rosenhaus is now Darren Waller's uh, agent, and then boom, Darren Waller and whatever hamstring issue that he had going on did not matter. As he was back in practice today, I took a couple videos, uh, tweeted them out at your boy Q254 and at R&R 920 AM as well, so you could check them out. Uh, Darren Waller was definitely back in practice. Looked just fine to me, but uh, it, was, it, was, it was so funny, DeMond, because... The way that the question was asked, and I wasn't going to ask the question about Darren Waller because I just, and this is what you get for assuming, I assumed that he wasn't going to be practicing today, especially with the news that he just hired his agent. I figured, okay, it'll be a couple days before anything, any kind of movement happens. But Paul Gutierrez, to his credit from ESPN, he asked Josh McDaniels about him practicing, and he said, hey, uh, we saw the news. Darren Waller got a new representation. Is that new representation going to help, help his hamstrings heal up a little bit faster? And, and Josh McDaniels just kind of looked, had that serious look on his face, and this is what he had to say about Darren Waller practicing Darren's good uh, Darren's good to go um, you know so he'll you'll see him today and um, I don't really know anything about the that whole thing the whole situation yet um, but no I he'll be out there today and um, excited about you know kind of moving moving forward here with our whole group you know and trying to get you know guys in positions where we feel like they're going to be uh, as we head into the opening week next week so um, no just excited Josh McDaniels talking about the excitement right there of getting Darren Waller back, and it was exciting to see him out there. It was good to see 83 out there, and, you know, this is – I don't know Darren Waller personally, right? We've talked to him a few times. Don't know him like he's not the guy – he's not the homeboy. He's not some guy that I just go to his house and kick it and talk to him all the time. But we've said something on this show quite a bit about Darren Waller and his character off the field, who he is as a man, and it just seems like Darren Waller, to me, in my opinion, I could be wrong, just gets it, and it just seems like he does things the right way. Right. I mean, we said that from the jump. Right. Demond about the fact that he could have 
held out. He could have said, I'm not getting paid enough money, this, that, and the other. He could have gone and scrubbed his social media, been angry at the Raiders like so many people do, so many players do. Instead, he showed up to OTAs, which are voluntary. He was at mandatory minicamp. He was participating in training camp until he wasn't, and then he was injured. But he returned. It just seems like he's gone about things the right way. And on the day that it gets announced that he bring, that he has new representation, he's back at practice. It wasn't a new contract that was announced. It was just he has new representation. I just think Darren Waller gets it. So, Raider Nation, I got a couple questions. One, I want to know how excited are you about Darren Waller being back in practice? Do you think a deal gets done uh, sooner rather than later? And when I say that, I mean obviously before week one of the season, which is September 11th, going up against uh, the Chargers in L.A. Do you think it gets done quick, fast, and in a hurry? And then also I want to ask you what your biggest question or concern is about this current Raiders roster as it stands today. Just today, because you know things are going to change. There's already been a lot of guys signed to the practice squad. We don't have the official list, but we do have the list that uh, we saw while we were out at practice today. And I got to give a lot of credit to Heidi Fang. She has a great camera uh, that she takes really good pictures with. You catch her on the morning tailgate with Clay Baker and Vinny Bossador. And she tweeted out a bunch of names that she recognized out there through her camera lens uh, that were from that were practice squad guys like uh, Chase Garber is the quarterback. I f- had a great feeling he was going to be a practice squad guy. He, in fact, was. That was actually announced. But uh, there's a nice list I have here of practice squad guys that she noticed that I'll, I'll talk about in a little bit. But, uh, you know, it was just it was good to be back out there at practice. But knowing that these players and this roster is going to change more times than it won't in the next, you know, couple days, 48 hours, whatever the case may be, as they prepare for that opening game of the season against the Chargers. So what's your biggest question or concern about this current Raiders roster as it stands right now? And then also, what are your thoughts on Darren Waller returning to practice after the announcement of him having new representation with Drew Rosenhaus and company? How confident are you that something gets done sooner rather than later? So I want to hear from you at 702-365-9200. Also, the Salmon Ash text line, 69187, keyword R&R. Make sure you use that keyword R&R. If you don't, somehow your text message will get lost in text world and in the, in, in, out in the out in the um, out in the air, you know, in the atmosphere, and it'll end up on our sister station, ESPN. And so Cofield and company will be like, I didn't ask about Waller. I don't know about what's going on with this Darren Waller situation. So we want to make sure that you get your text messages to us. So hit us up at 69187, keyword R&R. Let's go to the phone lines, though, and start off with our good friend Juan the Smasher. Welcome to the show, man. Haven't heard from you in a minute. What's going on? What's up, Q? What's going on? Hey, I'm blessed, man. I'm chilling. What's up with you? Man, I know that's right. I just got off of work. Okay. I'm heading home. Yeah, I'm just heading home, but yeah, I'm I'm excited to see uh, my boy Darren Waller, the baller. Man, that guy's big time. That guy's money. Every time this year, that food's gonna eat, and I'm glad he's back. And hopefully, we we get that deal done. You know, give him give him his his extension. You know, two years. Give him give him some money so he can be really happy, and he can have to be uh, crossing foods up and just out there just moshing cats. <laughs> and I'm excited for that. I'm yeah, I'm excited for that week one. I've been talking trash to all these Charger fans. Because I got a lot of them at work, and they got a big mouth. But I keep telling these fools <laughs> to, to run that tape and see what happens in week 17. And that's going to be the same thing week one. Let's go, Raiders. Hey, thank you for everything you do, Q. Hey, thank you, Juan. I appreciate you. It's always good to hear from you, man. I love hearing from Juan because, man, he don't pull no punches, man. Right? He don't, he, don't try to, he don't try to, like, choose his words carefully. He's just like, man, tell them fools, check the tape. 
check the tape from that last game. What happened? Man? You know what I mean? Like, he just keeps it all the way real, man. I can appreciate that. Juan the Smasher right there. And, yeah, it's good to see Darren Waller. It's funny you mentioned crossing fools up to, like three or four times today. I'll ask Vinny Bonsignor when he joins us at 4 o'clock if he noticed it. Two or three times today during our little window that we were able to view practice, Derek Carr was doing the little, you know, like the little crossover move when, like, AI is crossing someone over. Like, you know, trying to, like, yeah, there you go, DeMond, little am one type style. He did that like three or four times. I caught him doing that. I'm thinking, man, was this dude up playing an NBA 2K last night? Or, you know, maybe, you know, he's he, he always talks about having some hoop skills, so maybe he was he was hooping at the house or something. But, uh, yeah, man, he, he did that a couple times. So when Juan said uh, crossing him up, that's all I could think of was Derek Carr with the little uh, crossover that he had today in practice. But what do you think about what, uh, what Juan the Smasher had to say, DeMond? Oh, it seems that he's very in favor of Darren Waller there because he's like, yo, cross some fools up. He's got that faith in him. We seen it. Week one last year showed us that Derek Carr has all the faith in the world in Darren Waller. I'm not saying go out there and try to replicate 19 targets right. every game, but we already know that he's big time. I think last season, he was, it was just the fact that he got hurt, the IT band that none of us had ever heard I of never before that. Yes. <laughs> So we all Shout out to Dr. Andy, though, because Dr. Andy hit me up immediately. He's like, Q, I know what that is, and it's very common, this, that, and the other. I can help you get it fixed. So there you go. Yeah, but with Darren Waller, I think that if he just stays healthy this season, we all know about the addition of Devontae Adams. He can have one of those big-time seasons, and him being getting paid $16 million a year, if that's going to be the yearly average on this extension when they give it to him, right. that doesn't sound bad either. Somebody's always got to set the market with the new contract to be the highest paid. And look, hey, I don't mind it being a Raider. Why not? I don't mind Raiders getting paid. You know, it doesn't bother me. I'm not paying them, right? It's not coming out of my pocket, so I'm not going to count the next man's pocket. If he can get paid, get paid. The Rams have shown, other teams have shown, that you could pay more than one guy. You could pay more than two guys and still put together a hell of a roster. So I don't care. I'm hoping Darren Waller gets as much money that that he, he thinks is what he needs to be where he needs to be to go out there and ball out because, again, as I've mentioned many times, this team, in my opinion, has an opportunity to be special. Think about this. We always talk about Derek Carr and him trusting his receivers. He has nothing but trust around the field. You know he trusts Hunter Renfro. You know damn well he trusts Devontae Adams. And we've seen, as you brought up, 19 targets in week one last season. Yeah, he trusts Darren Waller. Just those three cats alone, he's going to trust them a lot, and he's going to give them opportunities to go make plays. That's something I get excited about. You started to see him develop that trust with Henry Ruggs last season. You know, you, you could see it in training camp, and you saw it in the beginning of the season. Obviously, we know how that shook out. Unfortunately, that was a tragedy. But you saw him develop that trust, and I think he was trying to develop that trust with Brian Edwards. But once Ruggs was gone, it's almost like Edwards took a step back. And ultimately, he ends up, you know, in Atlanta now. And now he has guys on his roster that he trusts. And I do believe, from what I saw with my eyes in training camp, in preseason, he's trying to develop that trust with Matt Collins. I don't think he's there yet. I'm not going to even try to lie to you and say, yeah, they're on the same page, you know, straight up. He's going to throw Matt Collins that jump ball and, and feel 100% confident that he's going to come down with it. I don't think they're there yet because I think that takes repetition. But I do believe that they're working on it and they're developing it. And, again, Matt Collins is not wide receiver number one. Remember that. He's a big body that could come in and play – and I hate to say this name because everyone knows I'm not a big fan of this guy, but he can go in and play like that Andre Holmes role, right? Just that big body, then go out and make those, those tough catches when need be, but not a guy that's going to be, gonna be tar uh, targeted all the time. 
So that's you know that's that's something to pay attention to right there is uh, is the way that they develop that trust, and I think that that's gonna gonna develop pretty quickly. And again, when you have three guys that you trust one hundred percent, it's a lot easier to develop that. So uh, Juan, thank you so much for that call. Feel free to chime in at seven zero two three six five nine two hundred. Got some uh, text messages on the Salmon Ash text line at six nine one eight seven keyword R and R. I'd like to get to, uh, including one from Sir Whiskey Ray. It says Q and D. Good afternoon, gentlemen. I have to give head coach Josh McDaniels props and absolutely love his quote earlier. McDaniels was asked if the Raiders should make the playoffs. Coach says, I'm excited for week one. Those things are earned, not predicted. If that doesn't give you goosebumps, then I don't know what will. Here we go. Week one is just around the corner. Raiders. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. And Yeah, that was a really good one. And I was actually surprised that he was asked that question. And it was I guess it was brought up because last season Mike Mayock said that they felt like this was a, a, a playoff team. But I was surprised that that question was, was given to him, and he kind of smiled before he answered it. But I, I, I agree, Sir Whiskey Ray. I thought that that was a, a really good uh, response by head coach Josh McDaniels. Matter of fact, uh, DeMond, if you have it real quick and you're Johnny on the spot, play that answer. Here goes uh, Josh McDaniels talking about if he believes the Raiders are a playoff team. I'm excited for week one. <laughs> that's, that's what I'm excited for. I have, I am absolutely, you know, there's so, that's so far away from, from our thought process. Um, look, a lot of people uh, think a lot of things about their own teams, which that's their prerogative. Um, I'm excited about our football team. I'm excited about what I see every day from our group. Um, but those things are earned. Um, those things are not predicted now and and they're going to just come true because somebody stands up here and says something um you know certainly last year they were a playoff team you know um we're all at the bottom of the mountain there's 32 of us and we're all at the very bottom right now and so we're all going to start climbing here next week and you know hopefully we can keep climbing you know but uh, the nfl season's a long grind um there's a lot of adversity that we're going to need to handle the right way um, it won't go smoothly for any of us. Um, and so um, for me, I'm just going to try to focus on having a good day and then trying to have a, another good day tomorrow and then hopefully having a good week next week so we can start the season, you know, in the best position we possibly can, you know, and, and go there and compete. So, um, you know, we know what our goals are and our aspirations, but those aren't me saying anything or anybody else saying anything at this point to me is really, you know, it's, it's not it's not worth talking about because we have one goal in mind, and, and that'll be, you know, day-to-day, have a good day. So right there, just like Sir Whiskey Ray said, really good answer, good response from head coach Josh McDaniels. And I'm telling you, I was not there in Denver, obviously, when he was the head coach there. He was a much younger dude. He, there was a lot that he had to learn still. But, man, if you want to talk about a guy that I feel like is really humbled and a guy that is really appreciative of the opportunity he has in front of him, that's head coach Josh McDaniels, and that's why you get an answer like that. You don't get a pumping my chest out, we're the big bad team at the AFC West, and we're going to kick everybody's ass. That's not that kind of response that you got from head coach Josh McDaniels. Got a very respectable, humble, and, hey, we're going to be as good as what we earn, and that's all you could ask for. In life, not just football, in life, you get what you earn. 226, coming up next, we're going to hear from our guy who earned the position to be the Raiders play-by-play, the voice of the Raiders. That's Jason Horowitz. He'll join the show. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. That was the opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Brought to you by Southern Nevada Chevy Dealers, home of the Chevy Silverado, the strongest, most advanced Silverado ever. 
Snap, pitches to the left, Samir White at the 10, has the 5, racing to the pylon, TDLB, Raiders in the end zone, they capitalize on the Masterson interception. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. You just heard right there, a nice little touchdown from Zamir White, a.k.a. Zeus, the fourth-round pick out of Georgia. That was in game four, the preseason game number four on Friday versus the Patriots. You also heard there the voice of the silver and black. That's Jason Horowitz, and he joins us now on the phone lines here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. And, Jason, how does that, how does that feel when you hear your, your play your play call back while you're uh, waiting to come on the show? How does that feel just to hear that? It, it feels awesome, dude. Uh, it, it does. It really, it really feels awesome. But partly because it was such a, I mean, they just had so many great plays, um, you know. And that's been such a big part of all this is that like they've made so many great plays in the preseason that have carried over, and, and hopefully it carries itself over to the regular season. Right, absolutely. And, you know, speaking of the preseason, the Raiders go 4-0. You had the nugget on the broadcast. 4-0 for the first time in franchise history. Jason, there was the majority of backups that played the entire preseason. How impressive is that, that backups went 4-0 and didn't have any turnovers in a four-game preseason? Honestly, dude, I think it's shocking. Uh, and, and, and that's not new. I mean, that's not because I'm new to the organization, I don't think. I think it's shocking because... When was the last time you saw a football team of any level go four games without a turnover? Right. I mean that in all seriousness. Yeah. I don't know. I, I haven't, Q, I know you covered a lot of high school football when you were in Texas. You've been a fan of the Raiders your entire life. Um, I, I've called a lot. I can't. When was the last time? I, I, maybe somebody can find this. I don't know. But, and I'm not sure if Will Kiss and the great PR team uh, of, of the Raiders have, have put this out there, and I just missed it over the last four or five days. Um, have the Raiders ever gone four games without a turnover? I don't think so. I mean, honestly, I, I don't think so. Just off the top of my head from being a fan, like you said, for as long as I have been, I don't think so. How fa- I mean, it's fabulous. And, and like, you can be like, well, they didn't put it up in the air as much, and, you know, they weren't doing all these things. You know, so? Right. I, and, and, and how many times did they even put the ball on the ground? At, at least of my memory. I know Britton Brown fumbled once, It was, and when we met with, um, when we met with Coach McDaniels before the Miami game, because I think it was during the Minnesota game, he said that's not even one that we'd be worried about because it's such a hit that was right on the ball. It had nothing to do with ball protection or ball security. It had everything to do with a great defensive play, uh, and sometimes that happens. But they recovered it. Right. And so, it was like, I, look, there were definitely some, some moves yesterday that I think surprised a bunch of people. Not that the Leatherwood one was shocking and that it happened. Certainly there's some that is disappointing because it's a first-round pick and, and the amount of cap money that has to be eaten this year and next year, and I get that. I think a lot of fans were surprised to see Trayvon Mullen traded for a late round draft pick, but we didn't see him very much during practice, um, during 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 camp, um, because of coming off the injury, the surgery that he had. So there's all of that. There's a big belief in Nate Hobbs, Anthony Averett, Rocky Seen, the toughness that those guys had. And then, like you know, you want to talk about turnovers? We go back to Miami. Sam Webb had the uh, the, uh, the the hit on the ball, recovered yep. the fumble himself, and had had, had the referee not blown the uh, the whistle dead early. Um, that would have been a, a recovery for a six. Yeah. So he certainly made himself known with a takeaway and all that stuff, and I think those guys played great. Yeah, no, they really did. And, again, we're talking to the voice of the Raiders. as Jason Horowitz here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm glad you brought up Sam Webb. We're actually going to talk to the play-by-play voice of uh, Missouri Western coming up at 3.30. Uh, oh, that's Sam awesome, Webb. dude. Yeah, how, how cool is that's that? Awesome. But... Good for you. <laughs> dude, but... That's awesome. 
But Jason, you you cover college ball. You're you're deep into college ball. That's a that's a D two school. For him to go from being a D two guy to being undrafted to being on the fifty three man roster currently with the Raiders, how big of a deal is that for those that might not understand that? Things I want to say. Number one, kudos to you and Demond for booking that because uh, I know you're going to talk about Sam Webb and all that stuff. But now I'm going to geek out for a moment here with you. The guy that's doing that, or, or the woman, I'm not sure who it is. Uh, is doing the exact same prep work that I am, but the people who are putting out game notes, most D2 schools barely have those. The ones that they have don't, aren't very detailed. They're not sick. There's not a lot of notes. You can't find it. There aren't nearly as many people who are covering that. Their job is so hard, and that is awesome. So that's A. Number two, I used to call the D2 game of the week. Nice. And they get all pumped up for that stuff, too. Like my first ever TV game on CBS was at Azusa Pacific. Wow. Uh, out in, where where uh, Jesse, Jesse Merrick played yep. at Azusa Pacific, right? Our buddy from NBC3? Yep. And so so he played at Azusa Pacific. And like they, it's still ball. It's, they care as much. It's just different in terms of resources and money and, and, and coverage. But that's that part. And then for Sam Webb, I think Josh McDaniel said it yesterday, or maybe he said it Sunday, one of the press conferences the last couple of days. It doesn't matter how you got here. Mm-hmm. It's what you do when you're here. And you could tell, at least from the first practice I saw, and then from the first game that he got in, which I don't think Sam Webb and Canton got in until the third or fourth quarter, there was something to that kid. And, and, and that didn't ever stop. And, and, and I, you know, even it wasn't just him, too. I, I think there's probably some stuff from Bryce Cosby that was going to make it hard. Yeah. And I know they, they did release him, so like I, I get that. But like he played, he played pretty well in the preseason, too. So... Um, there's a lot to like about some of the undrafted free agents. And what is it, four, right? Four yeah. undrafted free agents yeah. that made the roster and the Raiders haven't had any for three years? Right. It's pretty awesome. No, it is. It really is. I'm glad you brought up that nugget because, yeah, the four guys, you know, you have Sam Webb and then you have the two. How about the two uh, linebackers? You know, Luke Masterson oh, and Darian Butler. That's pretty impressive as well. Dude, they played. Remember, no Diablo, no, <laughs> no Perryman, no Jayon Brown, no Chandler Jones. <laughs> No, no stork. None of those guys played in games three or four. For most of those guys, none of them played the entire preseason. Those guys played a ton of football in the month of August and uh, and led the way every way. So I'm happy for those guys too. And and you know we, we're going to see a lot of guys who got cut or movement throughout the course of the next because nobody stays healthy in an entire 17 game NFL season. So there's going to be a lot of input from some of the guys who, who didn't make the roster initially who are on the practice squad who. You, you and I are both going to see during the 17-game season. Yeah, no, there's no doubt. And uh, Isaiah Palomoa is another guy, the safety, who uh, made the 53-man roster. That's right. That's another guy that I think they're going to give him plenty of time to develop, but he obviously showed enough in training camp in the preseason to say he's worth uh, developing. How about the running back room, Jason? I mean, this is a running back room that I don't think I've ever seen as deep as it is, and they all made it. And uh, Austin Walter, who was released, he's back at practice today, so he's clearly a practice squad guy. But, I mean, they all made it outside of Kenyon Drake, who was, who was released earlier in the offseason. I'm happy that Alston Walter is on, on the Raiders. I, I am surprised that he didn't get picked up by somebody else um, because, and I realize there's a lot of people in the NFL and guys who can do but he's been on an NFL roster before. Uh, he had some carries with the Jets last year, and in four preseason games, I don't think he had a carry for a loss. I don't think he ever fell backwards. So I am a little bit surprised that he didn't get picked up. That being said, for a team to pick up a running back, they have to put him on the active roster. So, so there's some of that. 
Josh McDaniels talked about it all off all preseason. It's a great problem to have. He sat down with us in our broad, before our broadcast on on uh, on Friday. He was with us Thursday afternoon. We talked specifically about Amir Abdullah. He said he and Dave, and, uh, Dave Ziegler thought that it would work. They're happy that it worked. He picks up stuff fast. They love having him on the roster. So the fact that you saw him in game number one against Jacksonville, and then we never saw him the rest of the way, you know, kind of manifested itself that, hey, that was a definite. Brandon Bolden, we never saw the whole way. Obviously, those guys know him from New England. That was a definite. I think there was some speculation because of Josh Jacobs playing that he maybe a trade him or whatever. That was all put to bed pretty quickly. And then you had the two rookies. And those guys, it was going to be, obviously, they weren't going to cut Zeus. But it was going to be hard to cut Britton Brown. I mean, right. he made so many positive plays and clearly a special team or two. So, you know, those five guys plus Jakob Johnson, that's a heck of a room. Yep. And if, you know, Josh Jacobs or any of those guys get hurt, you've got, I think, confidence that this is going to be a good room. Yeah, you do, and it's gonna be it's gonna be impressive to see because you know that you need running backs and you need really quality running backs all season long, and it looks like the Raiders have set themselves up just for that to have healthy yeah. guys throughout the course of an eighteen uh, week season and seventeen games, but eighteen weeks. So, uh, yeah, excited to see how that all shakes out. Again, we're talking to the voice of the Raiders right now, Jason Horowitz, here on Raider Nation Radio nine twenty. How about a guy like Tashawn Bauer? I felt like I yeah. saw him in the backfield all preseason long and obviously earned his roster spot. But, man, you want to talk about some quality depth right there. It feels like a guy that's going to make an impact this upcoming season. So you and I did a podcast together a week or so after I got hired. Yep. And we got to talking about a lot of things. And I told you that I started doing prep work on the team on, at that point, the 90-man rosters, um, even before, well before the announcement came out because I wanted to be ready to go when we got to Canton and all that stuff and be very familiar with everybody. And I can tell you that when we got started on all this, nobody was looking at Deshaun Bauer yep. because you had Tyler Fackrell, who was an NFL veteran. And you want to talk about a guy making, taking advantage of opportunity. If Tyler Fackrell doesn't get hurt, you wonder how much opportunity Deshaun Bauer has. Now, that being said, maybe he plays so well in, in, in practices and all that stuff, it doesn't matter, and everything I'm saying is, is, is moot. But there was a lot of conversation about Malcolm Kuntz playing with the ones early in camp. Obviously, Kyler Fackrell coming, coming off the edge, so there's a lot of that. Um, but but th- those things did happen. And, and Bauer had four sacks in the preseason. Right. Um, and so it looks like, oh, by the way, his time in New England, so familiarity with those guys, uh, I think that's important, right? Jonathan Hankins, familiarity with Patrick Graham from his yep. time in New York. You know, it's all coming together. And the, the one thing, and I bet you feel the same way, too, and that's I don't know how you felt this week. You and I left each other this weekend, um, and, and I'm back, you know, East Coast and getting ready to go to, to L.A. for San Diego. But, like, I don't know what to do with myself this week. Like, yesterday I was kind of yes. sitting like, all right, is it 4 o'clock yet? Is it 4 o'clock yet at Eastern time? All right, where's the list? Where's the list? All right, they did this. They did that. All right, now let's go. Like, do we have to have this extra week? Right. <laughs> you know, like, I'm kind of excited. It gives us a chance to go to a wedding that we weren't going to get to when I was set to do college ball and all that stuff. So I'm excited about that. We're taking the kids to the Michigan game this weekend. Nice. But, like, come on, let's have a game. Let's go. Right. You know, it's funny that you said that because we were talking on the show Friday before the game, and I said it's a game on Friday. What am I going to do Saturday? What am I going to do Sunday? You know, and Damon yeah. said, well, maybe you can spend time with your family. And I said, well, why would I want to do that? <laughs> yeah, your son would your son would crush you in the backyard. Right. It's right. Well, basketball <laughs> star. Luckily, luckily, I sent him back to school, so I ain't got to worry. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, so, you know, how I, I think we 
we've talked about this too before, and you played one of the calls, and I've been playing around with a whole bunch of ones, and this hasn't changed yet. People are still wondering, hey, what's the touchdown call going to be? And uh, I did. I had an interview with um, Sean Reed from uh, the Athletic, uh, the, uh, the athletic and yep. it came out today, and, and we were talking about that when we, we, we did the interview at Nacho Daddy, and neither of us had the scorpion shot, by the way. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> oh, yeah, that ain't, that ain't up my alley, dude. I heard that. <laughs> but... but as well as like I, I, I said, you know, it's going to come. We'll figure it out. This is a plan. But my, but my soon-to-be nine-year-old, uh, she would like me to continue to tell everybody that she's got a touchdown call. And uh, and I shared that with him. He's like, "What is it?" I said, "You know, it's pretty simple." He's like, "What?" I said, "All right, here it goes. One, two, three. <laughs> and I don't know how that's going to sound on the radio, but she would like me to share that. It's you know it's it's funny that remember we were talking about that in practice and I kept saying that I think that that's something that you should play before the scoring uh, drive update. That, but don't you think I, that's that a that's totally true? I need to send that to our folks at Compass. Yep. And Raider Nation Radio would be like you know this is this cute little almost nine year old girl who's just got this video and she's just screaming. I think we should play that on the big board inside Allegiant. I agree. And, and, I mean, face and everything. You know, have her picture up there, everything. That would be fantastic. Man, that would be great. She would love that. She'd be a star and not even know it. <laughs> she would be. She would be. Although, I don't know. We, we need to humble her a little bit. <laughs> well, that that's a you problem. <laughs> I got my own problem with kids at home. I got to deal with them already thinking that they, they know more than I do. So, I'll let you handle that. But, uh, yeah, I'll have to handle mine. Before we let you go, Jason, I got my man DeMond wanting to ask you a question real quick. Oh, yeah, just one more football no, question. No, nothing, nothing about UFC. No UFC. <laughs> right. I can't help you with that. There you go. No, go on. <laughs> he said he can't help you. No, that's all I got. Oh, that's you, all I got. I can't help you. With all right, well, just tell me with this last one here. All right, from the Raiders, from what you saw from calling the preseason action, who was one player that maybe before, like, that game in Canyon, you're like, hey, don't have that much on him. But after that final Patriots game, you just thought, man, this this guy played his way onto the team. Well, I mean, we talked about we talked about two of them, right? Sam Webb, certainly. Yep. Uh, uh, obviously, he was a big part. Just Sean Bauer, no question, right? Those those two from, from game A to, to game D, no question, played their way onto the team. But I, I, I would say Britton Brown, too, guys. And I, yeah. I can't tell you what Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziggler's plan was when they drafted two running backs. Um, I, I, you know, that happens. But to what we talked about, they had a very crowded room. Uh, maybe their plan was they weren't sure how healthy Kenyon Drake was. Remember, the draft was four months ago. So maybe that had something to do with it. Maybe they knew something about Josh Jacobs or whatever it would be. But when you draft a seventh-round running back and you draft a fourth-round running back and you have a crowded room, I think most of the time you think to yourself, hey, one of those guys uh, is going to be on the practice squad or he's going to be on a different roster. And I think Britton Brown showed a ton. Yeah. From game one where he scored with, with Chase Garbers leading the way all the way to the end, right? I mean, think about the Miami game. They didn't have a lot going. There was, there was a good couple of things there, but they didn't have a lot going and they couldn't run the football. But how did they close the losses in the preseason don't really matter, but how they close that game out? He had the 36-yard run. Yep. Right? I mean, they couldn't get anything going. He broke free in a ball game. And I in plays like that, he had a couple of tacticals on special teams that stand out. I, I don't remember exactly which game they were calling his name on some kicks and turns uh, with some tackles. And so I, you put all that together, and I, and I think that's another guy that you play your way out of. 
Yeah, I agree 100%. Those guys really worked their tails off and found a way to get onto this Raiders 53-man roster. And, of course, the roster is not final. I mean, there's going to be a lot of moving and changing before that September 11th game against the Chargers. But uh, it looks no good. Question. It looks good right now on paper. I'll tell you that. I feel like they have a really talented team, and uh, they're only going to try to improve that before that opening game against the Chargers. Well, Jason, thank you so much for your time, man. It's always fun to catch up with you. I appreciate you, and uh, make sure you tell your daughter we said hello. <laughs> I, I will I will do that. You guys are the best. Thanks for having me. No doubt, no doubt. There he goes, Jason Horowitz, the voice of the Silver and Black Raiders play-by-play man, at Horowitz Jason on Twitter. And see, DeMond, I'm not the only one that's crazy like that, right? I'm not the only one that says, I have a day off. What am I going to do with myself? I'm, I'm, I'm not in my own company. I have, I have friends. That's all that matters. <laughs> You're like, yeah, you have friends at work. That's all you guys do is work. Work friends. Yeah, that's it. Literally work friends. But, no, good stuff right there from my guy, Jason Horowitz. Definitely appreciate his time. 2.46 at the time. We'll come back. Close out hour number one. This is Radio Nation Radio 920. You're listening to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q on Raider Nation Radio. What is your biggest question or concern you have about this current Raiders roster as it stands today? As of the 53-man roster right now, obviously it's going to be tweaked. There's going to be some changes. There's been guys added to the practice squad. Uh, Bam Olasini, Austin Walter, Bryce Cosby, Isaiah Zuber, Dylan Stoner, Cole Fortheningham, Ike Brown, Matthias Farley, Chase Garbers, Jordan Meredith, Curtis Bolton, Myron Tagovailoa Amosa, and Zach Van Vakenberg uh, have all been added to the practice squad. And that's courtesy of uh, Heidi Fang from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, also the Morning Tailgate here on Radio Nation Radio 920. You can catch her, out, catch her at 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. with Vinny Bonsignor and Clay Baker Monday through Friday here on Radio Nation Radio 920. So there'll be an official list that'll come out in a little while, but those are the ones that she was able to see while she was uh, filming practice earlier today during our little window of opportunity that we had. So I want to know from you what's your biggest question or concern about this current Raiders roster as it stands who would you like to see added? What would you like to see added? Whatever the case may be. Or maybe you're good. Maybe you're comfortable with the roster right now. Uh, so that's one of the questions. And then Darren Waller returns to practice today. So how excited are you about it? Waller returning? And do you think that a deal gets done with him? Some kind of contract extension, something to make him happy with his contract sooner rather than later. We've heard numbers from Josina Anderson put it out there. It looked like it could potentially be around $16 million a year of new money putting him up there as the highest uh, paid at his position, again, with new money. So uh, a couple little topics that we wanted to throw out there and get your feedback, 702-365-9200. That's the Salmon and the Salmon Ash text line is 69187, keyword R&R. Checking out the text line right now. Got a text from the 408. How does a Raider play-by-play guy not have a distinct touchdown phrase shaking my head? Well, I think he's letting it happen organically, and honestly, I think that's the best way to do it. You know, I think if you go into something and you're trying to force something and try to come up with something cute or catchy, you know, when you're following the great Greg Papa, you're also following the legendary Brent Musburger, you know, you, there's, <laughs> the Raiders have had some great play-by-play guys that have come up with their own, their own catchphrases, and I think it all happens organically, right? And how it, however it happens, it happens. And I think that's what Jason's doing. I think that's the best way to do it. Allow it to come to you when it comes to you. You know, that's so that's that's from my conversations and I've had plenty of conversations with him. That's what he's that's what he's doing. And I'm I'm okay with that. Uh got a text from the two oh nine. What up, Q? Frisco from the Bay. No way in hell affiliated with the crappy Niners. I'm excited for the offense, obviously, but I know we're gonna go ball out. 
What I'm most excited about is the new and improved defense from the front line to the secondary. I know it won't be perfect, but we for sure are winning and playing a hell of a lot better than last season. Let's get it. And that's Frisco from the Bay right there, a 209 texter on the Salmon Ash text line. I'll say I'm pretty excited about the, the potential of the defense, and I have to throw the potential word in there because we haven't seen it yet in a regular season game. But, man, you know, we always have the argument, is it, you know, is it more important to have great DBs, great cover guys, or great guys that can get after the, the quarterback? And obviously the answer is both. You want to have guys that can cover really well, and you want to have guys that can get to the quarterback. The Raiders have that, and they made such an emphasis in the offseason to make sure that they bolstered up the defensive tackle position so quarterbacks can't just step up into the pocket like we've seen so many times before and just deliver that ball down the field when the pass rush is screaming in off the edges. It feels like they have a chance to be a really good defense. What I saw from the red zone defense this preseason showed me that they have a chance to be a really good defense. The linebacking room, I think, is a lot better than most people expect it to be, and I think the addition of Luke Masterson and Darian Butler is something that we're going to be uh, pretty pumped up about. Matter of fact, uh, my buddy Mario in Tucson actually sent me a text message earlier today, and he was talking about he was talking about uh, the linebacking position, and he said, uh, hey, Brother Q, was uh, Captain Kirk our last real homegrown linebacker? Because I asked the question, remember I asked the question yesterday, when was the last time that the Raiders had a homegrown linebacker that was really good? He said, was Captain Kirk our last real homegrown? I said, Captain Kirk and Thomas Howard. And he responded with the law firm of Morrison and Howard, right? I said, absolutely, that's the one. And how long ago was that, Raider Nation? And I'm not saying that Masterson and Butler are all of a sudden going to turn into, you know, Kirk Morrison and Thomas Howard. They're not, the, you know, the, the second coming. But, man, if they could be good and develop, and plus they have guys in front of them right now like a Divine Diablo. And, oh, by the way, let's not, let's not throw shade at Divine Diablo because I think he's going to be really good as well. Can you imagine if all three of those young dudes can grow up in that, in that linebacking room and turn into some really good linebackers? Also, one of the biggest weaknesses that the Raiders have had for a very long time turns into a strength. If they can have those guys all homegrown, again, that's important. Homegrown means something. Max Crosby, homegrown. Hunter Renfro, homegrown. You get guys like that, 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 that means a lot, right? And because that means that you, you're, you're establishing talent and you're learning how to develop talent. That's something that hasn't happened in a long time. I'm excited by that side of the ball, and in particular, I'm excited by the linebacking room. 2.56 is the time. When we come back, we'll kick off hour number two of the show. Tim Brown had an opportunity to catch up with him on Friday at Allegiant Stadium. You'll hear that conversation next here on Radio Nation Radio 920.